Hello, Jamie. Hello, William. And hello, everyone. This is Nine to When, the podcast for business owners that just don't stop. Brought to you by Iwaka. And we have another special guest in the recording studio here today. I have William Adwesi from Vitae London, which is a really, really cool watch company um, making stunning watches that don't break the bank and that was founded in 2016. Welcome to the show, Will. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Watches. What got you into watches? Yeah, um, it's a long story. So I, I always say Vitae was birthed out of frustration. Um, frustration on two fronts. Um, firstly, my dad's from Ghana in West Africa and was the first in my family line to learn to read and write. Um, and this broke like a cycle of poverty that was affecting my family for generations. Um, and the second frustration is um, similar to probably many people who listen to this podcast. I was working a nine to five. I wasn't particularly passionate about. I always loved watches. Um, and Vitae was kind of the amalgamation of both of those. So Vitae is actually Latin for life. So our whole mantra is to be the fashion brand changing lives. So with each watch we sell, we help support child free education across sub-Saharan Africa. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what inspired it. And that's what stemmed it off. Okay, great. Well, there's 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 a few elements in there as well. Mm. So let's let's break it down. There was the there was the bit that you were. Um, let's start with you were an un- unhappy in the nine to five, and yeah. you decided to go into the the nine to when, as we say, just like <laughs> you're never going to stop. Yep. What was the exact moment that you were like, right? I have had enough. I'm going to go and start a business. For me, it was bubbling for a while. Um, and then I did about a year's worth of research before we launched Vitae, where I was getting the samples to and fro. And yeah, after that year's worth of research, once we got the first batch of watches in, um, I sort of persuaded my wife, well, a bit earlier than that, I persuaded my wife to allow us to invest like our house savings into the, fir- <laughs> into the first batch of watches. And then when they came in, um, I then persuaded her to allow me to quit my full time job. to start the brand and the rest is history so yeah very thankful for her um for giving me the freedom to do it that seems quite brave was uh was your wife hesitant to begin with i think she was um but i i never really like to describe myself as brave because i've always just had the mindset of why not um in a worst case scenario if the business goes belly up I'll get another job, I'll stack the money up again. So what is the worst that can happen? And then at the same time, I thought, what's the best that can happen is that that's us building a multi-million pound business that impacts many lives. So yeah, that's what that was my mindset and that was hers as well when we started it. Yeah, the, the, the traditional nothing ventured, nothing gained. Exactly. But at the end of the day, the risk isn't that bad because you, you know, you still got your health, you're still, exactly. still here, it's going to be good. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. That's a much more eloquent way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's not my motto, unfortunately. <laughs> I think it's the SAS's motto. Okay, I don't, okay, I don't okay. know. I'm, um, <laughs> I have, I've been doing this show for so long, I've got all these different quotes running Stuck around in, in my your mind head. and I can't, I can't quite <laughs> think which is which. Okay, so, all right. You, you've got this idea for this business. Um, you've convinced your wife um, to invest your house savings but mm. prior to going full time into it. Yeah. Like, you're starting at a point where I presume you had, you had you, as you said, you had a passion in watches before. Um, but I, were you, I don't, you didn't go to Switzerland and train as oh, a no. horologist Not or something. At all. No. Not at all. So how did you translate that personal passion or interest into like into a business like what was the uh, you said you did a lot of research but what were you what were you researching into which elements did you need to know about Mm. I guess the key research for me was 
competitor analysis. Um, so seeing what other watch brands have sprouted up in recent years and what strategies they potentially use to enable them to scale in a fast way. Um, that was one of the key things I was looking at. Um, I was also look, looking heavily into the different factories I could work with. So there was a point where I had, I think it was 30 different factories on my WhatsApp all at the same time. And what I would do is screenshot a conversation from one factory, send it to the other factory to get my prices down. And then I would screenshot another one to get the minimum, all the quantities down. So it got to a point where I whittled the factories right down and I got the lowest minimum order quantity I could possibly get and the lowest price. Um, and yeah, so from just doing that research and finding a factory, getting samples, I was able to order the first batch and then grow and scale from there. Mm -hmm. And um, so again, there's a, there's a, there's several different areas that are rich area topics that I want to investigate. So the first is the 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 factories that you're ordering from. Are mm. they um, are they UK based? Are they international? Are you in an international business? Yeah, so we're international. So our watches are made across Hong Kong, Japan, and Switzerland. Uh, so some of them have Swiss movements or Japanese movements, and then assembled. The rest is assembled in Hong Kong. Um, and we've actually sold in over 30 countries since launching as well. So, yeah, definitely an international business. Wow. And um, how did you... So you, you've got this international business. How First of all, how is that? Like you, you're, you're sourcing parts in some, some in Japan and then you're constructing in Hong Kong and you're mm. also selling in, you're based in London. How, yeah. how is it to manage all of that going on at the same time? It's a lot easier than you think. So our, our factory in Hong Kong do a lot of the parts management for us. So they deal with the incoming parts and they deal with the assembling. So it's not, much, it's not really stressful for us on that part. Um, I've actually been out to Switzerland a few times um, just to have a deeper look at into some of the parts we've used and see what other watch brands are doing as well, um, which has been amazing. And then in terms of shipping worldwide, um, the UK and well London specifically is, a, is an amazing hub to be able to sh ship and sell worldwide. So, so you, um, the, the factory delivers it to you and then you ship? 100%, okay. yeah. So they deliver it here and then we ship worldwide from here. So obviously, well, let's see how Brexit pans out, but it makes it very easy to ship to Europe at the moment with the current laws. And then America, the custom fees aren't ridiculous. So yeah, m the bulk of our orders are the UK, Europe and America. But yeah, we've had some in Israel, UAE, across Africa. So yeah, it's been amazing. Oh, great. And let's let's go into the weeds a little bit more. So um, your design process, how what's the um, how do you, how do you go about designing a watch? That seems like a very complicated thing to, uh, and it's quite a visible thing. Mm. You, you know, you're wearing it on your sleeve, as it were. So yeah, how do you go about designing the watches? For sure. Um, yeah, it was a long process, especially for the very first model. Um, it was a process of iteration, me not really knowing what I was doing, um, and then getting a sample come through, and it was pro probably like five sizes too big in terms of the watch face, etc. <laughs> it was like so, a 50 millimeter. Yeah, like, it was Arnold ridiculous. Literally, the, f the first ever watch. I need to see if I can tr hunt it down in my house somewhere. But the <laughs> sample was an absolute joke. But through those processes, um, I kind of refined and saw what specifically I wanted from a watch, what kind of sizings would work best. Um, and then I had a quick look into what could be our potential target market and the kind of products they kind of um, naturally kind of gravitate towards. And that's how we built it. Um, how many prototypes did it take to get to the watch that you were happy to start 
think selling. It, I think it was four. We went four. through four prototypes. So, but that's still quite a lot. That's still quite a lot. You know, you're fresh. You're like, right, I'm going to get into this, yeah. and then you've, you're you're ordering a watch, and then you've got to wait for them to make it, yeah. and then it's got to come back to you. And they're yeah. like, oh no! So I imagine by the fourth time, you're quite, um, you know, like eager to get going. Hundred um, percent. But I don't know. I was just trusting the process and enjoying the process as well. Um, and as well as getting it from one specific factory, we would get samples from a few others as well, just to compare quality and standards. Um, and then we got our factories, all the factories we ended up working with, we got them independently audited, um, just to make sure that yeah, all the standards of living were good for the factory workers as well. So yeah, after that process, although it took a long time for the first batch, it's enabled it to move a lot faster going forward because yeah, we refined it and got it right. Mm-hmm. And um you 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 talk, you mentioned just a little bit about um your you looked at your target audience what would you say your target audience who do your watches appeal to yeah so i think we coined the phrase the aspirational millennial um so it's typically people aged between 25 and 34 year old 34 years old um who work in the professional services sector often um so yeah we get a lot of people who work in the city um and they also another thing that's key on their agenda is employment services and traveling so it's people who are always looking for new ventures in terms of roles and jobs people who is always looking at more in terms of seeing the world um so yeah we've definitely coined it as the aspirational millennial um someone who wants to see more of the world and see the world in a better light um, so they come right in line with what we stand for and what we do as well. Mm-hmm. And you, um, we were talking just before we went on air that uh, today we're recording on Black Friday and uh, you were saying that um, you were explaining a lot of the bidding on Facebook and how the cost per acquisition is down, etc. Yeah. What, what is your marketing mix? Yeah, so we do a lot of, we, we're increasing our paid acquisition as it stands, but we've done a lot in terms of influencer marketing um, and just real targeted marketing across some social platforms that are often neglected. Um, so we actually do a lot of work on Twitter, um, which a lot of brands... That's quite neglected yeah, uh, for, from a brand from perspective. From a brand perspective, a lot of brands haven't really seen the value in it. Um, but for us, it's been phenomenal, especially to get drum up organic sales and then... Okay, we, well, this is organic Twitter, yeah, not, yes. not uh, paid. Not uh, paid. Okay. But we've got... We've got some cool techniques in converting our organic followers into email subscribers or getting their mobile numbers. Um, And from that, we can then predict conversion rates and kind of predict revenue that way. Um, So, yeah, we we do a big mix, but a lot of it at the moment is organic um, and we're increasing our paid spend slowly but surely. Mm -hmm. And... You started in 2016. How's it? How's it been going? Yeah, it's been a been a really really great journey. Um, to begin with, we actually bootstrapped the business. Um, so there was some points where I was tight. Where I think I actually contacted iWalker and got some some nice short term loans to help see us through <laughs> some seasons. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a beautiful journey. I always call it a beautiful struggle. There's highs, there's lows, but I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, and more recently, we've had. Um, we got invested in by a VC firm in America called Backstage Capital. Um, and then shortly after that, we allowed the public to be able to invest. Um, and within a month, we had over 600 people invest, which was amazing. Oh, wow. So, yeah, we're going for a real growth phase what, as it's at the moment. What platform did you use? That was via Cedars. Via Cedars, yeah, okay. Yeah. And that was a that was a 
good experience in general? Yeah, it was a great experience. Um, a lot of our cust- like our customers at the time, we now call them the Vitae family because they own a stake in what we're doing and what we're building now. So yeah, it was amazing to be able to yeah see them convert from just pure customers to actual owners of the brand. Um, and it's brilliant because they're now like our biggest advocates. That must be really special to yeah. see that when you you all of a sudden all these people come out the woodwork and they buy a bit of your business it's, essentially. It was crazy because we again we didn't put any money behind paid acquisition for that. Um, so most people when they go on platforms like Cedars, they have a um, they have a lead investor which puts in like X amount and then. Um, the general public are able to invest, but they also usually do a lot of paid acquisition to get the general public to invest. But we had no lead um, investor for the round. We didn't do any paid acquisition, but we were still able to hit, um, I think it was 111,000 it was in the end, and within a month's time, all from just the general public. So it was an amazing experience. That's amazing. It was just through word of mouth? Yeah, word of mouth, um, social media, um, campaigns that went viral. Um, my brother, who's a videographer, produced an amazing video for it, which got a lot of hits. So, yeah, it's just amazing community getting behind what we're doing. That's, that's amazing. Um, my, my last question on this specific area is that you you do seem to have um, used organic social media to quite strong effect. You seem mm. to have got a community um, who are actively sharing, furthering the word and catching other people. And that's that's quite rare in this day and age. Um, mm. A lot of businesses really struggle and they're like, oh, organic social media is dead, you know. Um, it either has to be paid or it has to be something else. Mm. What what do you think your secret is that you've managed to achieve this, um, this such loyal fan base? Um, I guess it's creating... It's creating first. It's creating products people love. So before we release any product, um, we'll have a minimum of two to four thousand people actually fill out a survey on that product, telling us what they love, what they don't like about it, making changes, and we actually do make changes to the product in line with the suggestions made. Um, so yeah, in in light of our most recent product that we released, and um, we actually launched that on a platform called Kickstarter, mm-hmm. and we hit our goal within five days. Um, and that was because everyone who had filled out that survey felt kind of ownership towards it. They felt bought in as opposed to when more, most brands just release things and tell you to be bought in. Um, so involving the customer in the full journey um, has been amazing for us um, and has enabled us to to get good sales volume without having to throw loads of money at paid acquisition. So, yeah, it's constantly involving them in the journey and also looking at which platforms we do use. Um, Instagram and Facebook are increasingly becoming difficult for organic um, because they've geared those platforms specifically for paid acquisition. That's why they've changed the the algorithms and the orders is to mm-hmm. favor is to favor themselves. And um, but we found again um, platforms like Twitter um, are amazing for organic. Um, and then finding ways to convert them from followers to, and subscribers to people who are on our mailing list has been amazing because, yeah, we can predict revenue from that. And uh, does it take a lot of management? Are you on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter all the time or your team is? Or is it like how much of an effort is this to uh, achieve? To be honest, you can schedule a lot of it. Um, but then, yeah, intermittently throughout the day, uh, members of the team will be like, actively engaging and interacting with people on social media. And um, we've got quite a fun tone, especially on Twitter. Um, we try and be like a, a young, fun brand. 
Um, so yeah, we'll reply with memes, we'll reply with gifts, um, just in a cool way, just to keep them really, really engaged and bought in. It seems to be um, exactly what your target audience would would sort of react. Hundred percent, yeah, for sure. Okay. Let's um, let's turn to the um, the social good aspect yeah. uh, of your business. So. Run me through it. What exactly do you do? Of course. So, yeah, as I said, with each watch we do sell, we help support a child through education. Um, and the way in which we do that is we have partner charities on the ground, one called House of Wells, which is predominantly in southern Africa, and another charity called Pen to Paper Ghana, which works in Ghana. Um, and with House of Wells, whenever we sell a watch, we provide a child with a full set of school uniform. Um, to see them through school for the year because um, we find especially in the townships in South Africa for instance um, many of the children um, education has been made available for them and free for them but because of basic things like school uniform they're missing out on school um, so yeah now with each watch we sell we provide a full set of school uniform and then with our um, our new initiative as well on top of that with uh, our new partner charity Pen to Paper Ghana whenever we sell a watch we provide a solar lamp um, and the beauty of that is for children in the rural areas of, of Ghana, um, this means they don't have to travel for hours or burn kerosene or other harmful fuels in order to study in the evenings. And these solar lamps last for up to 10 years. Um, and with one hour um, of charge in the sunlight, they last for 10 hours. Um, so it's just an amazing advantage for these young people to have it. Yeah, it certainly, it certainly sounds like it. Mm. So, um, I mean, some people would be like, Oh, I'm not going to do that. Like retail in general is is pretty pretty hard going. Margins are tight, but obviously you're making this investment. You must feel um, you must you obviously clearly feel on a on a personal level that this is important. But does it also make sense on a business level, or is it something that you compromise on? I definitely think it makes sense on a business level too. If you look at our target demographic, again, the aspirational millennial and more and more Zs are coming into our, our order list as well. Um, the younger generation actually care about the wider world a lot more. Um, and at first, people were like critical of us going down this route and using this business model. But as time's gone on, I've realized that it actually makes business sense as well as it makes good makes us do good in the world. Um, we would have never been able to attract ambassadors such as uh, Richard Branson, who wears our watches most days. Really, a Richard yes. Branson? Yeah. That's he, amazing. Yeah, so I've been mentored by him, um, and he actively wears our watches most days. We've had um, celebrities from the States like um, Ava DuVernay, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child, Pharrell Williams owns one of our watches. Um, and we would have never got our watches on personnel like this like two three hundred pound watches would not appeal to a celebrity of that stature but because of the fact that we do good and we stand for that and they can see the fruits of it um it's drawn and attracted them which have enabled us to reach a much wider market um so yeah i i actually believe it does make business sense to do it um and it, it's more of a long-term play than a short term mm -hmm. short term it does hit our profits but I, it gives me more of a drive every single day that I go into work, um, knowing that I'm making an, an impact as opposed to just making some more money. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, so I'm going to dive a little bit into this for um, small businesses who might be in a similar situation to you, who, who, who are thinking about, oh, I want to help out with a charity. I want for my sure. area to have a social good. What would you recommend if they're like, okay, right, I want to I help X, how do I go about it? 
I think there's so many ways. I think my, the model in which we do, which is a buy one, give one model, is, is awesome. But I think I think there's potentially even better routes as well. Um, we're looking at ways in which we can incorporate um, giving back even within our production, um, even with all elements of the business. So, for instance, the children we're supporting through education, how can we in the future build a factory where once they're grown up and they're looking for work, we can actually provide them an avenue for work through our business um, and actually enable them to find work by manufacturing products or even just manufacturing the casing. Um, so I think there's there's many different routes to making an impact. It can be simply via your profits, like the way in which we do it, or you can actually look at for instance, um, another example could be to a friend of mine who actually runs a coffee chain um, and everyone within their coffee chain that they hire was f um, previously homeless or homeless at the time. Oh, they wow. train them up um, and they enable them to go down a route of work now. So it's a brand called Change Please. Um, and I just think that's, again, that's an amazing model because it incorporates it from the stem of the business as opposed to just from profits. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's so many different ways, but I would always partner with charities or people on the ground that you know you can trust um, and help enable them to reach a wider um, market than trying to start the whole give back element yourself. Is it um, complicated from, say, an accountancy point of view? You said the buy one, give one. Is, is that... Uh, you Shopify as your platform. Yeah, is that's it, right. Is it, is it a difficult way to incorporate it in? Is it a complexity? No, for us, it's really easy. At the end of the month, Shopify runs us a report of all our total sales. Um, and then for every single unit of unit sold, we can then either provide the school uniform or the solar lamp. Yeah. Um, and then our partner charity distributes it on the ground. And then every three to six months, we'll go out and we'll visit these charities just for progress reports, see how the children are doing as well. Uh, so you're, um, you're actively taking steps to see the fruits of for what sure, you're doing. For sure. Yeah, I, yeah, last thing I want to do is partner with a charity that, doesn't distribute our money correctly because it's a direct hit on our profits and it's a promise we've made to our customers that will make that impact so it's really important for us to do that brilliant okay and my last area of questioning before we move on to uh, our quiz <laughs> <laughs> which I, I know uh, I'm so nervous for that I'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> well we, we've seen to we've just developed this uh, this part of the show and um, we seem to be skewing on the slightly harder questions so um, yeah I would be a little bit nervous too <laughs> but before we before we get there what does the future hold uh, for us, the future holds um, what we've been able to build so far with hardly anything, but on a much larger scale now. And we want to build VT London into becoming a household name. Um, and also across sub-Saharan Africa, it's the one region in the world where poverty has actually increased in the past 25 years. And that coincides with the fact that it has the highest rate of children outside of primary school education. So we just want to be the brand that does all that's possible within our power to redistribute wealth um, from from people who have a lot more wealth to be able to actually give back and impact these lives. So, yeah, in the future, we hope to build schools to remove as many barriers to education as possible. Brilliant. Sounds amazing. For those uh, listeners who want to check wi uh, William out um, and his brand, go to vitelondon.com. 
Thanks, Will. Um, but you're not escaping just <laughs> just yet. It's no. about to run out yeah, the door. Yeah, it just runs out the door. Uh, no, we are, of course, doing the Big Whiz Quiz. Oh, goodness. Where I have 10 slash 11 questions for you. Um, some, what are the questions about? So some of them are a little bit related to timekeeping and okay. horology. Oh, a little bit. Goodness. Uh, yeah. A few of them are related to the area that we're in which is sort of finance which are also quite difficult and then there's a few that are a little bit more that you should be able to answer i think because they're on bits that you've talked about okay. so let, let's see it's kind of a hodgepodge we're refining it as we go yeah um and so if you can give me some feedback on the end that, no would, that would also be good no okay are you ready yeah i'm ready okay happy time is a marketing technique among watch sellers apparently Never heard of happy time. Oh, well. It involves <laughs> positioning the hands of the watch in a certain way, and it's supposed to make have positive connotations for buyers, apparently. But what time is it? 10 to 2. Yes. Yeah, I need that one. You got it. All right. <laughs> one out of one. Um, you better keep track because I forgot my pen and paper. So one out of one for now. Okay, well for one. Uh, name three crowdfunding platforms. Okay, um, Cedars. Kickstarter, Indiegogo. Yes, two for two. Boom. What magical creature featured in the 2019 John Lewis advert? Uh, I'm going to have to pass on that one. It was a dragon, apparently. Uh, I'm going to have I yeah. failed. It's <laughs> so, all right. We've still got more, more questions left. How much did UK online shoppers spend on Black Friday in 2018? Except uh, we'll accept the nearest half billion. Was it half a billion, one billion, or one point five billion? One billion. Oh, no, it was one point five billion. Apparently, oh, okay. that's two down. Two down. Two up. Two down. <laughs> what has the flagship retail store Selfridges started selling recently? Secondhand clothes, McDonald's, or flu jabs? Oh goodness! I knew they started a cinema. I didn't know. Secondhand clothes, clothes, McDonald's, or, or flu jabs. jabs? I'm gonna go with flu jabs. No, secondhand clothes. Oh, secondhand clothes. Really? Yeah. Selfridges? Uh, yeah, apparently. Okay. Uh, two for three. <sighs> um, this is one from our area of the woods, um, ours as in Iwaka. How many <laughs> bank branches have shut down since 2015? 400, 3,300, or 12,000? 12,000. No. 3,300? 3,300. Damn. Two for four. Okay. Where is Rolex founded? Switzerland? No. It was, it was a, it was a, UK? Apparently London. But I'm not sure if that... movements are all Swiss. That... Yeah. That's a trick question. Yeah, I think... I'll, I'll take the loss on that. I know. I, I think we'll give you that. Like, they are a Swiss company. <laughs> yeah. we'll, give you, we'll give you that. So, okay. I don't know what that one was. Three to five, but apparently they were here. Um... Uh, that's not a very good one. This one's going to be no. We're, we're ignoring that one. <laughs> that the, there's Thank a really you. like a bit of a dodgy one in that questions. Wristwatches were originally designed for women. True or false? True. True. Four to five. Okay. <laughs> is this the one to level it up? Uh, there is. What percentage of total UK employment? Do small businesses account for 30% of the population, 60% of the population, or 90%? This is small or medium-sized businesses. 30% of the population plus 30, so 60%? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you saw my face on that one. Yes, sixty percent. We'll give you that. Five for five. All right. So let's the last one. Okay, this is the, the last one, and this is where we basically do you you know that sort of the where you have to. Um, you get given a topic and then we have to go back and forth and see who falters first. Okay, okay, got and the, you. And the topic is watch brands. Okay, cool. Okay, all right. Um, I will go first. Rolex. Uh, Brettling. Uh, Omega. Daniel Wellington. Uh, Christopher Ward. Michael Kors. Vitae. That's not the name of our brand. Uh, Vitae London. I won. Ah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> All right. Oh, I feel upset. That was a good answer, though. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought I was being clever waving that one in. All right. All right. You win. You win six out of ten. Okay. Well I'll done. Take that. Well I'll done, take mate. That. You did pretty good. Oh, you did. That is that is currently our record is six out of ten. Oh, so, wow. um, you're, I know you're I crumbled on, on a few. So. Um, or oh, some are incredibly difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. Right. Well, that is the end of the big whiz quiz. Um, and now we are finally on to the last section, which is called Brilliant or Bonkers, where we look at quotes from all around the world and decide whether they are brilliant or bonkers for small awesome. businesses. Uh, this is one um, that was like first said in a book in like the 1910s, but it's been attributed to like everybody under the sun. But I'm mm. just going to throw it at you and then let's think what you um, let's hear what you think about it. Time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. Brilliant. Oh, straight away. Why, yeah. do, why do you think it's brilliant? I think it speaks to it speaks to the enjoyment of life. It speaks to, yeah, I, I think it's a brilliant quote. I think especially in our day and age where we're so focused on reaching that next target, we get to that target, then we reach the next one. We, but we never actually enjoy living in the fruits of what we've already built or the target we've just reached. So in light of that, I think it's a brilliant quote. Mm-hmm. Okay, but do you think, can you, um, I'm going to dig in, in in a little bit, devil's play, advocate. De- play devil's advocate, because that's, um, that's what I like to do. Um, do you think that businesses as a whole can enjoy wasting time? Oh, from a business perspective, it's bonkers, for <laughs> sure. I Sorry, I was meaning more of a life. No, life this stuff. is for businesses. Oh, for businesses, that's bonkers. We can't enjoy wasted time. There's no time to waste. Even if you enjoy it? Like. <laughs> no, there's no time to waste from a business perspective. <laughs> I mean, after, if you finish work and you've got time to enjoy wasting, then go ahead and do it. But when there's time to build a business and you're a small business going after these massive corporations who have a floor full of staff members working for them and, and putting in the work, there isn't really time to waste, to be honest. So you're saying bonkers now. Bonkers from a business perspective, brilliant from a personal perspective. Okay, I would agree with you from that <laughs> perspective. Enjoy wasting time, like in this podcast, but <laughs> when you're busy working, work, 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 work. No so we'll, we'll call it bonkers as a whole. But thank you, William. It's been an amazing interview. I've loved um, l- hearing more about Vitae London. Listeners, please do go check it out. It's vitaelondon.com. Um, and... Um, let us know what you think. I'd love to hear all thoughts and comments about the show um, at podcast at um, But that's all we have time for. So until until we next, well, until you next hear me drone on about something, <laughs> <laughs> have a good weekend, have a good week, and we'll see you soon. Peace out.